Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Backpage, my name is Martin Gregg and this is something a little bit different. Today we are going to talk about the Chelsea Revolution under Frank Lampard and former big interview guest Jodie Morris. Like all good ideas, Graham, this one started in the pub. Friday night, I think it was, propping up the bar in Gatwick Airport after an incredible big interview with Charlie Adam, it must be said, which socios will be listening to in full very soon. And we were talking about Chelsea I mentioned that I thought Jody Morris had made some very interesting comments about the Chelsea youth system when he was a guest on the big interview in March 2016. Jody was obviously a Chelsea youth coach at that time. Um, so I went and dug out those comments from our vaults and you're about to listen to them. And Graham, you had a listen this morning and they made for very interesting listening. I remember coming back from what had been a very fraught day with Jody Morris with, you know, my spirits flying. It was... Three and a half years ago, which is literally almost impossible to believe. Um, the day had started out stressfully because we were meeting ACAST, who helped us broadcast this podcast. And we decided to take, I think, an Uber from um, ACAST in central London down to Cobham. Traffic was terrible. The worst thing happened on the journey, which was a phone call to tell me that Johan Cruyff had died um, despite... I think maybe 10 days, two weeks previously, him saying that he was into the second half of his battle and at halftime he was winning. And I was very upset. By the time we got down to Cobham, I said to Jody Morris, look, this is how I feel. Um, this is this is what's going on. We embarked in the interview. I, I warned Jody I might be have a couple of moments where I might be lost or I might not feel as sharp in the in the chit chat as 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 might I'd hope <laughs> normally be the case. And by the end I remember him just saying, Well look with Johan Cruyff gone, let's not worry about how young he was when he died. Let's think about what he left us with. Let's think about the fact that his memory will be perpetual for people like you and me who love football. And that was the basis of sitting and speaking to Jody Morris on the day because it's patent that as a footballer, he loved the ball, he loved possession, he did witty things with the ball. It was it was always you know, worth a ticket to go and watch him wherever he played, including up at St. Johnston where he was a big, big hit. And I'd followed him on Twitter. He followed me back and, and suddenly he started to interact with me about the big interview or things I said about Football Club Barcelona in those years when you and Neil um, encouraged me to, to write the Barca book. And therefore, in this interview, it was inevitable that after talking um, to him about 
you're playing against Guardiola and Xavi, life at Chelsea, naked smoking, burger eating, Gianluca Vialli, we, we would inevitably get on to youth football. And at that stage, before you listen to this clip from Jody, at that stage, he was a player who'd been looking for a, a, another, a sort of final chance when people were beginning to suppose that his, his football career was over and Mourinho had said to him, come and train with first team instead of training with the kids. I'll tell everybody you're on the fringes of the first team squad and maybe it'll get you a team. And as he was at Cobham a lot, um, the structure kind of sucked him in. People saw him around and said, why aren't you coaching? And he began to coach a, a youth level supporting Joe Edwards, who's not, who was then in charge of the under-19 team and is now third uh, coach at the first team behind Frank Lampard and Jody Morris. And when we talked about youth football, we would inevitably go to what was happening at Cobham, why it enthused Jody so much, and which tournament was probably the best measure of all the tournaments Chelsea were winning, which tournament was the best me best measure of which kids were likely to come through and have a good senior career. And by chance we fell upon this subject. We've talked a lot about Barcelona and one of the things that I've noticed a great deal, and it's not unique to them. It's clearly true of, like, you, you saw samples of it at the bridge, it's true of the class of 92, but this thing about identity and maybe being brought through a club that you've been at since you were young or you're taught the club has a certain set of values or trains in a certain way. What did you talk about? Winning habits or winning ideas is the phrase Winning behaviours. Winning behaviours. The younger boys, yeah. You're part of a structure now at Cobham um, where there's a determined effort to make a certain sector of the coaching staff either related to Chelsea or locally brought up and also a percentage of the kids locally recruited to try and... Am I right in thinking that you're trying to build through eras which will hit first team with a significant number of people who care a lot about not just being well paid or how well they're developing, but care a lot about the club and the badge and the identity and the fact of playing at Stamford Bridge. Is that part of what's going on with you and other coaches and the strategy at Chelsea now? Yeah, most, most definitely from, obviously, recruitment. There's, I mean, even our Youth Cup game the other, other night. No, it was a cha Champions League game, under-19 against Ajax, I think. All 11, I think, of our players were can play for England. Most of them have been at a club from... Under eights, do you know what I mean? So that's radical. Like, yeah, exactly. And that's that's in a, an under nineteen Champions League game against Ajax in the quarterfinals. Do you know what I mean? So you vote Ajax, Ajax. Yeah, yeah, and, and and we do. We actually win the game, and now we're in the semi-finals. But there's plenty of instances that, that we're, we're certainly confident that we have players that are good enough to play in the first team, and ones that have been in the system for a long time. Chelsea Academy now is a lot different place than it was than when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So granted, I, I was. I was lucky to be blessed with some really good coaches and that, but the infrastructure and the, the facilities and the thought process that goes into their development now is on a whole new scale. And like you said, we have we have a way of playing. We try and add to it each year. If we have a new first team manager, we obviously it's, it'll be beneficial to us that we don't change our philosophy or change our way of playing just because our first team manager is different. But we do have to have dialogue and we do need to know what their thoughts are and on players, but also the team side of it and uh, what type of player that they would maybe look for or, or things that they think a certain player should be doing. And, and we try and add to it all the time. I think that, like football, is 
always evolving and the coaches that are at, like you said at Cobham at the minute there's probably a third of them are former Chelsea players like with a third that have come through the academy coupled with a third that have maybe other backgrounds in other clubs or, or even other sports the opportunities that are, that are there for the kids is obviously massive to see but there is a lot of work that, that goes on behind the scenes and particularly with people like Neil Bath who's in charge of the academy who, who's for me been fantastic for the club and what the for us as an academy I think we're one of the best in the world at the minute we you don't get to win as many youth cups and yeah, leagues under twenty one. Big winning record. Champions eh? League, yeah, and, and to be fair, Champions League this you you it's new, uh, you Champions League, yeah, youth yeah, league, yeah. You've lifted. I mean, that's yeah. We're the holders of that last year. That like, I mean, we've won the under twenty one Premier League. We've won the under eighteen Southern Section two years on the spin. But it's not only that. It's the way in which we're playing. Some of the football that we've played over the past few years is it's been outstanding. It. Is it possible from the little I've seen that it's a blend? of the kind of football you and I have been talking about over the last hour, but also with an understanding of what the British game is like too, because yep. that hybrid it's important. is going to dominate the world. If yep. you ever make that happen, technique, touch, using the ball, keeping the ball, but also with our speed and yeah. power and our aggression. Well, that, well, that's the ultimate goal. I think we need to do that, particularly the fact that we are in England. We can't do exactly the same thing as what people are doing in no. Spain. But at the same time, you do take... There's been plenty of videos or anything and things like that, clips that me and Joe Edwards have put on for our under 18s of Barca and Bayern Munich coupled with the you'd, you'd put on the stuff from our own first team so we're trying to get a good blend but like it's the it's the toughest thing to do I think is one to get so many players into a first team when the manager changes so often and or when they just can go out and buy it's certainly harder to do at Chelsea, but it's something that we're all striving for and, and something that we're, there's a lot of work going into. And we do believe that there's a current crop of players between 21 to 17, I'd say, that have got a real, real good shot. Below that, obviously, there's plenty more coming through, but I'm just saying that there are literally a good bunch of players from the age of 17 to 21 that could most definitely cut it. You've won one of them out to La Liga, to Betis, not it? Charlie Masunda, outstanding yeah. talent. He's got a, he's got a lot of ability. Yeah, and, and when caught talk, my eye quickly. When we're talking about uh, small players and, and gifted players, he's certainly up there with one of the best that I've seen as far as the use of the ball and his body movements. And talking about going past players, he's he's certainly gifted. But he's one of many. There there are certainly a a good few that don't get me wrong. If they was at other other teams, they might have played quite a handful of first team appearances at the minute. But that's the downside of when you want to come through at one of the top top clubs. Although this season we haven't shown it in the first team. If you want to come through the academy at like the top teams, it's, it's going to be certainly harder than it is at the the teams lower down. So Graham, that makes for fascinating listening, but I think there's a bit of serendipity at work here because we were obviously chatting about this on Friday and we put out a call, uh, our monthly call to the socios for questions uh, and we did get a question from one of our socios, Robert, who was asking how highly you rated these Chelsea youngsters coming through Mason Mount, Tammy Abrahams and the others, um, but also uh, our sponsors, Bet365, submitted a question uh, saying Chelsea were widely written off before the season but are wildly exceeding expectations. Why is that? Also, a bit of serendipity in the fact that the game that Jody refers to in that clip is the UEFA uh, Youth League game against Ajax and we are talking you know, less than 24 hours after Chelsea perhaps posted their most impressive result under Lampard so far, winning away to Ajax last night. 
first thing I think for our sponsors, Bet365, and for the socios, what I want to say is that pay attention to the UEFA Youth League. Um, it started um, this format as Next Generation. Um, Mark Warburton was a key architect. Um, I began to go and report on it, and, and it was thrilling because I hadn't had, for some years, I hadn't had time to, to go and watch youth talent and I found it immediately uplifting and stimulating to go and see players who who'd come through a system and were not yet first team ready, but were patently about to be ready, showing all the the teachings that had honed down their basic skills. And I to my to my cost because one of the first players that really stood out to me was uh, Don Gao, the Cameroonian at um, at Football Club Barcelona, who at that level looked just utterly unstoppable. Uh, but but the perils, and I relate this directly to to what Jody was talking about there, and about Chelsea now and about the youth league. The perils are that it's it's so hard to predict. And in their case, it's so hard to, to to shepherd players of supreme achievement and talent at 15, 16, 17 into being rock solid, established, successful, high level pros at 24, 25, 26, 27. Um, such a wide variety of things happen. But the youth league... It's it's now in I don't know it's sixth or seventh um, season, and you you can see a, a gigantic correlation between those who take their talents, which have made them dominant at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, um, in their own countries, whether it be a local academy league or a national academy league, and you throw them into the Champions League. And the different things they learned, which were always the objectives of UEFA in setting this up. In other words, people listening who don't know footballers would be utterly stunned to see 16, 17-year-olds of huge talent, great physical attributes, who um, have to behave like grown-ups in terms of club discipline. Um, Kids who may well be wealthy already or semi-wealthy because whether they're p- being paid a direct wage or their family have received signing on incentives or their their parents have been given jobs, whatever it takes to attach young players to, to a club. And now increasingly, as soon as it's legal in a particular country, these kids will be earning serious money. And yet, when they begin to travel abroad, they don't know that there might be a temperature difference between where they are, North Europe and South Europe, and they don't know what the um, the food might be like. They don't know about um, what it might be like to play in an open stadium because the, the opposition they've got in the youth league um, don't have a custom-built youth stadium or vice versa. They may have come through um, a youth academy where, you know, it's open fields in a, in a training complex and they may be playing at a very big stadium indeed. And little things like travel coordination, time differences, different temperatures, different food, um, having to experience uh, being in a country where they speak a different language for the first time, which sometimes happens. All these things help help eradicate um, the lack of experience that can prevent a young talent budding into senior football talent.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When Jody spoke in that clip, he was speaking about a game on the 15th of March in 2016, which was, I think, probably six or seven days um, ahead of our interview. Now, in that Ajax team, you know, that are immediately um, notable would be Donny van der Beek, who was one of the dominant two midfielders that took Ajax to the Champions League semi-final last season. He stayed... He's very, very much on Real Madrid's radar um, for next season. He's the sort of flaxen blonde haired guy who, who added the uh, probably the, the the mobility and the aggression and the organisation to De Jong's um, ball uh, conduction, we call it in Spanish, uh, driving forward with the ball and gave support to De Jong's running. So, Donny van der Beek played in that game against Chelsea, as he did last night, uh, back in 2016. And um, Matthias de Ligt also played, obviously went to uh, Juventus after a pretty huge bidding war between Paris Saint-Germain, Juventus, Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid, everybody looking for de Ligt. He's had a tough time under uh, Sarri at at Juve. Um, He's found uh, the, the difference between what's expected of you, how you live at Ajax, not not just in the city of Amsterdam. He's found the change to Turin, the demands there, the type of football you play in Serie A compared to Eredivisie. He's found that hard work. But he was in that team, as were um, Fikayo Tomori, who was at centre-back last night in the Amsterdam Arena, as Chelsea won 1-0. Up front, Tammy Abraham, there are other names that are that are well known. I I think uh, Jake uh, Clark Salter, for example, Trevor Chalaba, and across the Chelsea team, there are players who've gone on to Jure Gardens. They've they've gone on to Al Nassar. They've gone on to uh, Bristol City, Huddersfield. You know the success rate is uh, within a compass that 
I, I think both Joe Edwards, who was the, the, the coach that night, aided by uh, Jody, uh, would find acceptable because if you've got um, three and a half years later, two of that 11 playing, this game was played at Cobham, but two of that 11 graduate to play against Ajax Dutch champions, Ajax semi-finalists of the Champions League last year, and each of them more than holding their own. A highly praiseworthy uh, rate of success, I think. And as Jody said in that clip, that there were, you know, there were more coming through. That season, Chelsea would go on to win the Europa Youth League against Paris Saint-Germain. They were defending it uh, that season. And it's my opinion that his prediction that they had at that stage easily one of the the best youth academies anywhere in the world i think that prediction was was proven to be exactly right what enthuses me hugely is what frank lampard was saying after uh, the game in amsterdam last night whereby he said he came in knowing a lot about the youth products feeling it was their time and, for example, despite the transfer ban, it could easily be the case that Tamori wasn't playing at centre-back, wasn't given his chance. It could easily be the case that Giroud was having 80% of the starts up front, not Tammy. And while Mason Mount has a different background with Lampard and, and patently has some pretty severe talent, each player needs to be trusted. Um, each player needs to feel that the, the coach thinks of them talent ready. And it's been the case. So, for example, the year before when they when they won the title again, beating, I think, Shakhtar Donetsk in the final, we had Andreas Christensen um, playing in that final for Chelsea. Dominic Solanke, who's gone on to make a, a decent... Um, I think he's at Bournemouth now, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. The, the work that they're doing, in my opinion has merited the, the, the not luck, but the, the cards have fallen really nicely on, on the Green Bays for Lampard, Morris and Edwards in that I think it's widely understood that the particular owner they've got, and, and Martin, Jody mentioned there, didn't he, that it, it was ultra difficult to get cadets through into the first team in general, but still more so if the manager was changing every couple of seasons and had the power to buy. And therefore, that refers to the owner, that refers to Roman Abramovich. And in, in my strong opinion, the way the cards fell in the Green Bays nicely for those three coaches is that without the transfer ban, I think it's likely that Roman Abramovich would have insisted on going for a world-renowned proven winner coach rather than reaching down and trusting a club legend with one full season coaching under his belt and allowing him to say, well, I want Jody Morris and I want Joe Edwards with me. So you, you must play the, 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 the hand you're dealt, and they have. And I spent um, a day and a half with Chelsea at their training camp in Ireland th uh, this summer. And I think we've seen over the recent games, and it's why for Bet365 at the beginning of the season, I said, I think Tammy Abram will be at or around the leading scorers in the Premier League because, one, the atmosphere about how youth was going, young talent, not youth, not trusting youth, trusting young talent, the atmosphere about how that was going to come about was, was patently clear. And in interviewing Frank Lampard, he talked about adding intensity to how Chelsea played in the transitions, that they that they they mustn't sort of 
lose the ball and then trot back, reassemble, wait to win it back deep and then build again. What he and Jody Morris wanted and swore that they would um, instill and, and began the process in that, in that pre-season uh, training camp, both in Ireland and then I think in Japan, was that Chelsea would be a harder team to play against, that if you robbed them of the ball, they would be more intense about how quickly to win it back and where to win it back. And then immediately, and in, in fact, I don't think it was Jody that I asked about this this word transitions. I think it was Duffer um, in Dublin. But I, I'd been wondering about why this word was so popular now. And it was explained really well to us. And I think you begin to see that Chelsea are very good at having it if they misplace a pass or are robbed. The the ideology about how to win it back, when to win it back, and then how quickly to move forward from that begins to explain the role of Mount, the role of Tammy in that they are players who thrive upon the opposition being a little bit broken, the, the, the opposition being in positions they don't want to be because Chelsea have won it well in a dangerous area and then the move forward is is pretty robust, pretty not not direct, not long ball football, but but vertical football is is the fashionable phrase, isn't it? The euphemism, and therefore I think that's part of the reason that we're seeing a Chelsea that is that is far from made yet. I think there are adjustments that they will make in the market when they're allowed to to do so again, and I don't think we need to go like doing absolute somersaults about where they're at because there's still a team I think which allows quite a lot of chances. I think that um, the maturing of the team, not of the youths that we're talking about, but the maturing of the team as a group has some way to go. And this is really only the second big year for the Lampard-Morris duo. And in your experience, my experience, Neil's experience, we all know that when you speak to managers at various stages of their career, the, the, the way in which they transform I do this differently. I've learned this. This is a really specific thing that you you don't get until you've done four seasons and had one which is really bad. So there's there's huge amounts more to come. And this piece that you and I are doing now isn't a celebration of, param they've made it. Chelsea are brilliant. Frank Lampard, Jody Morris are untouchable as coaches. There's a real there's a real amount of of development and learning to do amongst the squad and the coaching team. But what I like best is this, there's a clear identity evolving and a, an identity about the the way in which these much vaunted, often loaned out footballers now have a home in the first team if they're good enough. Secondly, that there's a really clear coaching and playing identity, which if Roman Abramovich is um, patient, will be one that can fit with the 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 media with the fans until you get this um a version of what was happening at football club barcelona uh, under guardiola villanova when there was a, a huge chunk of homebred uh, whether they were catalan or whether they were londoners or, or not um home, the, our academy kids that phrase martin i know you loved it what was that bit about like most of the guys that jody was talking about had been there since they were eight eight you, you you carry the badge then, don't you? You know you've you've been that club, okay. In this case, it's Chelsea, but you've been that's my club since the earliest stage at which you're influenced to to love a club. So you carry that badge much more seriously as a pro if if you've been there that long and and, and sort of 
soaked up the the ideology of the club, and and now it's it's your turn to carry the the torch. Yeah, that that was a bit that I'd actually forgotten when I listened back to the clip, and like Jody talks about, he's the kind of bridge between the old Chelsea and the new Chelsea, and I think that's so important. That a guy like him is inside the club, and he's you know teaching these young guys about what it what it means to play there because it helps forge that mentality. But I mean, just just to kind of finish up talking about, um, I, I guess we should maybe alight back on uh, Socio Roberts' question, who was, who was saying, you know, how highly do you rate these guys? And um, one moment that kind of sticks out for me was, I think it was last month when Chelsea beat Wills 5-2 uh, away and uh, Tomori Abraham scored a hat-trick and I think Mount scored right at the end. And uh, at the end of the game, the three of them kind of walked off arm in arm uh, and it was like a really sweet, sweet moment um, and you don't get many sweet moments in, in modern football these days but that was one and, and it was because it spoke to these young guys just claiming their moment when it's come along can you maybe reflect a little bit on that and the extent to which these young guys have stepped up when their moment has come if I if you draw me back to that game that was the day in my opinion when Tammy Abraham began to prove that he's evolved so, for example, having seen a little bit of him, and I mean a little bit of him in the youth league, and then watched a significant amount of Aston Villa last season, it, it, it was clear that the, the sort of game-eyeing talent was there, that the, that the movement, the fact that he... A Chelsea staff member that we haven't mentioned here, and I'm, I'm going to keep him because he's a good source of mine, I'm going to keep him anonymous, said, said this to me, said that, watch Tammy Abraham when somebody else scores. He said he's genuinely as delighted that Chelsea have scored as when he scores. And he'll go and seek that guy out. He'll go and be thrilled for whoever it is. And as a concept for somebody who's talented and whose ability can either win tackles, save goals as a keeper or make the beautiful pass or score, you know, hit the net himself. If you've got players of of that ilk who genuinely aren't only thinking about, you know, my work, my bonus, my salary, my next move, my coverage in the media, but, you know, my team, my team. I think that's a really difficult thing to breed in the modern era because everything is stacked against you. Players get more money usually by moving. Very often you, you jostle in in the market with other players of your ilk to to be quoted about moving somewhere. So you'll either get that move or you get a better contract. It's about, it's a lot about money. And and the other thing about Tammy Abrams' d- um, development is that last season there was this. Although he scored, a th- I, I listen. I think he scored twenty four. I of that ilk for Villa. There was this legend that carried around um, that maybe he needed too many chances to get the goal total. That, that his percentage finishing was was too raw. And w- what I thought I saw was somebody who wanted to learn and who was developing who could finish facing the goal, who could spin and finish having received the ball with his back to goal, whose aerial ability was added to by the fact that he's really quick. So in other words, some people get to an aerial chance by leaping better. Others get to it by a little bit of extra movement that buys them a quarter of a yard. Therefore, your leap doesn't have to be great because you get a nod to it. And these are the things that, you know, we all think we see and, and I... You know, know that I think I see it sometimes and I get it wrong. But at Wolves, the types of finishes, the speed at which he got onto a second ball, his decision-making, his conviction 
that he was going to hit the net. All these things, in my mind, looked far more clear-cut then than at, at any other stage in the season. You're right to say that um, it was whatever, all the goals came from kids who'd come through the, the, the Jodie Morris, Joe Edwards system. In my opinion, what they've always wanted is that feeling of these these boys are our own. And that's an element that they haven't had for a long time. Probably both being, these boys are our own and being successful. They probably haven't had until, excuse me, since the 60s or 70s. And now it's there, or at least it feels like it's coming. So they won't win the title this season. I think they should finish fourth. I think having Frank Lampard back, Jody Morris back, um, with academy kids coming through, Every Chelsea fan will want good enough players to to try and win the Champions League in the future, to try and win the title again in the future. And if there was an opportunity to sign Mbappe, I'm not saying for, for a split second that they wouldn't grab that. But I think the Chelsea fan identity has wanted to see players who are not only good enough, but who care about the club and who've come up through the club. I think that's something that they're they're thrilling to at the moment. And in my opinion, in in the face of what looked like a difficult year after Sarri, a difficult time between the club and the fan base and an understanding. I'm not talking about now, but I'm talking about when it was clear that Sarri was going and, and the ban was about to kick in. I, I, I felt that it was an unsettled, un, un, not, not an unhappy time, but a time of, of cloudy identity. And that identity is now in sharp focus. And, and it may be or it may not be that Mason Mount or Tomori or Abraham goes on to be world beaters. And I don't think that's particularly relevant. They are developing in front of people's eyes. They are becoming better players month by month. And the coaching team, for example, I know by by speaking to Pulisic's camp that there isn't specific work being done on him, but he's been taught, here's how we work. Here's how we play. You will get your chance if you evolve from the player you are at Dortmund to what we need you to be now. And it's it's evolution based on showing rather than telling or teaching and and some might question that but if you look at Pulisic's um, interventions in the last three games nearly won the game certainly changed the game at the weekend against Newcastle no argument about that and a really smart piece of left wide play in Amsterdam which creates the goal really smart by him for my money Chelsea are just going to be enjoyable for us all to look at um, for the remainder of this season and then when the transfer ban ends, it's a whole new chapter for us to, to understand and examine. I think the moral of this podcast is to go back and listen to Jodie Morris from 2016 because it was one of the best interviews we've ever done. I think um, we've actually been doing these since mid-2015, so there must be hundreds of interviews in our archive, all available for free. Go investigate the archive and listen out for our monthly Q&A for October, which will be filling your ears early next week. For now, thanks very much for listening, and Graham, thanks for talking. Adios. Adios, adios, adios.
the secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 